Who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging? They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon. Welcome back, you bunch of Jack Wagons, for another rendition of the Jack Wagon Sports Podcast. As always, it's a pleasure to bring the Mullet Mafia together and discuss some sports uh, with one of my favorite people in the world, Mr. George over here. Uh, We have a lot of good storylines today to talk about. Um, Some, not so much, at least for certain people, (coughs) George. Uh, But nonetheless, um, as it seems to be every weekend, we're leading up here to what should be a great weekend in sports. Um, I'm very excited for it. I'm sure George is excited for it. And it starts tonight. But we'll get to that later. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start off with the NFL um, in, I, I wouldn't call it big news, but definitely um, a big moment uh, for sports, especially for what he's done um, in the game, uh, especially if you're from Pennsylvania. Ben Roethlisberger officially announces that he will be retiring after eight or is retiring after 18 seasons, uh, two Super Bowls, six Pro Bowls, all with the Steelers. Definitely, um, like I said, if you're from Pennsylvania, whether you're a Steelers fan or not, Big Ben left some sort of an impact on you. Um, I'm not a Steelers fan, but the man has uh, – he. you don't have a choice. You follow his career when you're from Pennsylvania. Um, so definitely uh, – I don't even know. I, I don't even have words for it. Um, it's kind of a bittersweet, I guess, because I, I never really felt much for him, but um, – he was a good quarterback. He did a lot for that team, did a lot for that city. And it's it's definitely a sombering moment for sure, especially if you're a Steelers fan. Um, but nonetheless, everybody knew it was coming, uh, so not breaking news by any means. Um, but uh, with that being said, um, obviously Steelers looking for his replacement. Aaron Rodgers has been mentioned. I mean, if I'm Rodgers, it's not a bad place to go with that defense. Um, but by any means, he's pretty much got his pick of the litter. Um, and speaking of places that Aaron Rodgers could end up, um, another possible landing spot for him is the Denver Broncos, if he decides to leave Green Bay. Um, and the Denver Broncos actually just hired his offensive coordinator from Green Bay, Nathaniel Hackett, as their new head coach. Um, I'm kind of interested to see how you see this, George. A lot of people, I think, I think feel like this could be a good sign. Um, Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be going to Denver last year around draft time. He was actually supposed to go to San Francisco. That fell through. Then everybody thought he was going to Denver. That fell through. Um, so Denver's kind of been a hot spot for him. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, especially with the issues that he's had with the team, I don't know if his offensive coordinator going there is actually helping him want to come there. Um, do you feel any differently about that, George? Yeah, no, I, I felt the same way when I saw that. Um I mean, and I don't know the relationship he has with his offensive coordinator. Yeah. Like, I, I know his, his biggest issue at the end of last season uh, when they lost in the, uh, the Anderson Championship game to the Buccaneers is, was with his head coach for deciding to kick a field goal uh, with a minute and a half left rather than going for it on fourth down. Um, and so, I, I, yeah, I don't know what his relationship is with his, his offensive coordinator or former offensive coordinator, I should say. Um, you know, they, they might be best friends, and that be might be, you know, and even more that enticing reason. <laughs> and and really, I mean, if you think about it, like 
that's probably a conversation the Broncos had with him. Like, okay, what is your relationship with Rodgers like? Like, we're not going to bring you in here if, because it's well known that they are trying to get Rodgers. So I, I feel like that would have been brought up in the interview. Like, listen, we're not going to bring you in here if you and Rodgers, like, do not get along at all. And it's going to turn out being a reason that he doesn't want to come here. Um, I think Rodgers, if he does, because, I mean, he still is, is dodging the question and, and dancing around it. Like, uh, he's come out. He's, he's going to take a lot of time. He will have a decision made by the time the uh, the franchise take deadline is, which I forget when that is. I, I believe it's in the summer. But um, he said he'll have a decision by then for them. It doesn't need to be by the draft because they already have a QB behind him and, and Jordan Love. But um, he, he, like you said, he, he has a good letter. I'm not sure the exact date, but it's in March. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so, so he can pick any team he wants to. And I, I don't know, if, like, I, like I said, I don't know what his relationship is with him, if this will sway him one way or the other. But, and, you know, it might be somewhere, yeah, we're, you know, we, we get along really good. You know, we didn't have a bad relationship. But, you know, if he's leaving Green Bay for a new um, kind of situation, then maybe going to Denver and working with a former offense coordinator, no matter what the relationship is, maybe is not really what he wants. Um so that'll be interesting to see. It definitely will be. Uh, and we'll definitely uh, keep updates coming as we get them. Um, and last, in the NFL news world, uh, George feels very emotional. I don't know if emotional is the correct word to use there, but um, has a lot of emotions about about this last piece. Um the Bears hire the Colts defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, as their new head coach. Uh, he's been the defensive coordinator in Indianapolis since 2018. And I'm going to go ahead and let George take this one. Yeah, uh, Nick and I hopped on the, the pre-show. We were talking to each other. Um, and I, I, I will say, when I first saw this, I was not really excited about it. Um, I definitely, like, as... For me, anyway, my dream hire was the Bills offense coordinator, uh, Dabble. And I, I just loved him. Um, I really wanted to hire him. Um, but, you know, thinking on it, uh, since we talked about it more, I've, I've, one, I've calmed down, but two, it's <laughs> we've never done well with splash hires, um, you know, going out and getting the biggest name out there. So, you know, maybe in, in the long run, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, it could have been worse. So. Like that, that's that's the one side to look at it. You know, we've brought in like big names before. Like Nagy was a huge offseason name, and we we hired him, and you know he had all these expectations on him, uh, and he just crumbled under it. So maybe, and it like he he is not a bad coach in any way. Obviously, if you make it to the NFL and you've been a defensive coordinator for an NFL team since 2018, um, that that says something. But, um. Maybe with coming in with a little lower expectations for how good of a head coach you're going to be can help him succeed more. Uh, and like I said, it could have been worse. There was a lot of talk about uh, the Bears hiring. I can't think of I, Jim Caldwell, uh, the former Colts coach. Uh, he also coached at the Lions. And when I got the notification, it popped up and it said, it just said former Colts. And I just went, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Like I was driving on the road. I was like, I'm going to throw this phone out the damn window. And I looked and I was like, okay. All right, well, it wasn't him at least. And then, um, so yeah, I, I feel more so indifferent than anything. Uh, I mean, I'm excited because now we have a head coach, we have a new GM, 
you know, this this team can get pointed in a direction. Uh, hopefully, it's the right one. But that you know, these two can come together and start laying out their plans, um, and you know, hopefully, start to turn this, this franchise around. Um, and we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. For sure, yeah. Like like I said, I mean, he he did very well uh, in Indianapolis. Um, obviously, Indianapolis played a very old school. Um, run first, tough defense. Um, it was actually, it was a nice change of pace uh, in today's NFL, and it was good to see. But in my opinion, I, I think he did very well as the defensive coordinator with, I, I don't like, I don't know how else to describe it other than a mediocre list of players. Um, you know, not mediocre as normal people think mediocre being bad, but mediocre being like average. Um you know, they didn't necessarily have uh, a whole list of standout studs, um, you know, to filling that defensive roster. And he did a very good job with them. So definitely uh, a place to be optimistic at the very least. Um, but nonetheless, uh, to the four teams still in their Super Bowl hunt uh, coming up this weekend on Sunday, we have the doubleheader. Uh, we're going to start off here with the AFC matchup. We got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, should be, if you're a better, I think I said this Tuesday, if you're a better, you take the over in this one. I don't care what nobody says, take the over. Um, but tell me, George, who do you have going to the Super Bowl? So I really want to take Cincinnati because I despise, I mean, we talked about it on Tuesday, I despise the family. Um <laughs> But Cincinnati's line scares me, especially after giving up nine sacks last week. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, in this front for Kansas City, I feel like is even more dangerous. You got Chandler Jones up there. Um, they got just a lot more playmakers. Uh, I, you know what? Just give me Cincinnati. There you go. <clears throat> I look. I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm all aboard. The Joe Burr train, like it's all. Uh, you might as well call me a hobo. Give me a sack, cause I'm all up on that train. Like it, I love. Uh, you, you can. I, I'm pretty sure I'm pert near on the line of Bengals fan at this point. Like <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what else to call myself. Like, um, and and it, it's been all season, really. Like I, I haven't been quite on him this hard yet, but, um, Joe Burr is just an absolute dog. Uh, take a nine sack, still winning a game. Just incredible. Um, but this Kansas City team, as we've seen last weekend, is tough. Um, I think the Bills' defense is better than Cincinnati's defense. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to matchups. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and pick Kansas City just so that we don't jinx Cincinnati out of losing this game. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Kansas City. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take one for the team, the team here. I want Cincinnati to win, but I'm going to go ahead and pick. Kansas I will City. say I will say we both picked Cincinnati last week, and I guess we just broke the jinx because they won. So you're right. You're right. Um, No, I can't go back on it now. That'll just that'll just mess everything up. Unfortunately, Um, I, I, I am rooting for Cincinnati, though. I want that to be very clear. I even tweeted it out. Uh, the Rams, uh, I just gave a pick away, but Rams, um, Cincinnati Super Bowl. You know, I can't go back on it. I already tweeted it. I can't yeah. go back on no, it. So can't. I got to go Cincinnati. I, 
Joe Burrow all the way. He all he does is win. That's what it is. But anyway, uh, moving on to our NFC matchup. Uh, not only NFC matchup, but California matchup. Uh, we have San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, gonna be gonna be a great game, nonetheless. Uh, tell me, George, who you got? I just want to point out real quick that if the Rams win this, they will be the second team in a row to play in the stadium. So, okay, the Rams play in L.A. The Super Bowl, as of right now at least, is still in L.A. Um, so if the Rams make it, it'll be two years in a row now that the hosting team or whatever is playing in the Super Bowl. So yeah, and not cool. only the second year in a row, but the second year ever. Yeah. Which I find absolutely ridiculous i don't know what what other word to use um but ridiculous but it's just it's crazy um with that being said i i am absolutely going to go with the rams um they're aside well even in the fourth quarter last or the second half you can't really blame them because the the rams offense just kept giving the buccaneers the ball but i would say this this rams defense is rams defense excuse me is much improved from when they played san francisco three weeks ago um and San Francisco's offense, especially last week. Now I don't know if it was just because it was cold or what, but uh, you know Garoppolo is just not playing at his absolute best right now. Um, I, th- I think this is going to go down to the wire. Uh, but the Rams want their revenge for you know losing right at the end of the season. Um, so I'm going to take the Rams at home. Yeah, and as I stated in the tweet before, I'm going to agree with you. Um... I think this is going to be a slugfest. I think there's going to be times where the offenses shine, and then I think there's going to be times where the defenses shine. Um, it it should be a great game either way. Um, we'll come down to the wire for sure. Uh, my my key to this game is kind of my, well has been my key for the Rams in every game this playoffs is gonna it's gonna come down to Matt Stafford and taking care of the ball. Um, now, obviously. <laughs> Could come down to Cam Akers taking care of the ball, <laughs> <laughs> as we seen last weekend. Um, not the person I thought would have that many turnovers, but nonetheless, um, I, I just think San Francisco has firepower, but that Rams defense is tough, and I, I don't think that the San Fran defense is is quite good enough. Now they did obviously slow down Dallas, um, but uh, when Matt Stafford is taking care of the ball, that Rams defense or that Rams offense is just on another level. Um, and I think it's just enough to to overpower them. Uh, I, I'm I'm taking Los Angeles to host their or to be the home team and host the Super Bowl for the second year in a row. Uh, so uh, congratulations, Kansas City and San Francisco. Uh, yes, Super Bowl sir. rematch <laughs> from just two years ago. So uh, yeah, yeah, wow. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll break down the uh, the games for you on Monday and uh, preview that uh, that Super Bowl matchup. Between those two teams, uh, or Tuesday? Sorry, Tuesday. I need to Tuesday. On Monday. What did you say? I said Monday at first. Oh, I'm not doing nothing on Monday. Well, working, but nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so, uh, very, very uh, important and exciting weekend of football. Um, we also have uh, a, a good weekend of some college basketball matchups. Uh, we have three to go over. So, George, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that? I just want to say real quick, I remember when I used to root for the Chiefs in the playoffs. Like, not like, <laughs> I would never root for them more than the Bears, but like, honestly, like, 
I mean, you think back to when they first got Mahomes and they were going deep in the playoffs. <clears throat> and I, I think it was the first year they played uh, the Patriots in the AFC Championship game and they lost. I remember sitting at a bar, like, screaming, like, God damn it, like, <laughs> I, I wanted them to win so bad and now I can't stand them. Um, yeah. And, which, and, and again, you, it's, it's, it's not, the, yeah, it's not yeah. the team. I don't hate the team. I don't really like Tyreek Hill um, a whole lot, but that's another point. Um, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so... Like, it's... I definitely get what you're saying. And I, like, I'm... It's very competitive now. Like, three years ago, I wanted Patrick Mahomes to be the next Brady. Like, obviously, he wasn't on Washington, and I want a Washington quarterback to be like that. But, like, I'm rooting for Patrick Mahomes. But at the same time, like, Patrick Mahomes can go fuck himself at this point. Like, it's all about Joe Burrow. I'm still on the Josh Allen train, too. I want to make that clear. But At the end of the day, I wouldn't, you know... If the Chiefs win, I wouldn't be as upset as if, like, the Packers or the Patriots won another one, or God forbid, the Cowboys ever win a championship. Like, yeah. I'm not at that level of hatred. For, and again, it's not the team. Like, I really like most of the players on that team. It just it's it's the people surrounding that team. Anyway, moving on. Before we get caught up in this anymore, uh, yeah, yeah college basketball. Uh, so Saturday we have two top twenty-five ranked teams or two top twenty-five matchups. Um. The first one is Marquette and Providence, another huge Big East matchup. Uh, Providence is finally back after taking uh, a couple of games off due to COVID reasons. Um, and their first game back is going to be a tough one. Uh, luckily, they get to host a red-hot Marquette team right now. Uh, Marquette coming off a big upset of Villanova. Uh, Shaka Smart has that team pointed in the right direction. Um, hopefully, they're not getting too hot too early. Uh, and, and they can sustain some of this for, you know, hopefully a March run. But nonetheless, uh, Marquette at Providence. Nick, who do you got? I'm going to go ahead and take Marquette in this one. Um, we've seen uh, time after time that teams coming off of COVID um, breaks, I guess you could call them, uh, have been sluggish, have been a little out of shape, um, slow to start, uh, slow in the fourth quarter. Um, and I think, like you said, Marquette is red hot. Um, I think they come in there and just impose their will um, from whistle to whistle, uh, from bell to bell, whatever, um, and end up walking away with this one a, a lot a lot easier than what they would um, had this been, you know, like a typical midseason matchup. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I agree um, for exactly the same reason. Uh, you know, Providence, right before they had to take those couple games off, they were, you know, the red-hot team in the Big East. Uh, pulling off a lot of upsets, getting up there in the rankings. Um, now they're finally back uh, and healthy, but I think Marquette is just on too much of a high. I think this is like again, this is gonna be a really close game and down to the wire. But uh, I think Marquette's just playing too well, and they have too much momentum right now for Providence to stop them. Uh, moving on, uh, a huge matchup. Uh, now this one was originally scheduled for earlier in the season, uh, postponed until now. Um, actually, I lied. I take that back. It was not earlier in the season. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, wasn't it? No, wasn't uh, this the one that got that, canceled and Kentucky ended up playing UNC? No, uh, Kentucky is supposed to play. I think either Tennessee or something like that. Um, oh, it was Tennessee? It, yeah, right, right, right. it's the it's the SEC Big Twelve Challenge this week. Um, and a lot of great matchups all across the board. Baylor and Alabama, I think, is an underrated game. Um. Auburn and Oklahoma. Oklahoma's really struggled this season, but they're always a tough team. 
so a lot of big matchups to watch, uh, but the biggest of them all is going to be Kentucky at Kansas. Um, Kentucky number 12, Kansas number 5. Kentucky has a, a couple big wins. Now they they had a heartbreaking loss to Auburn last week. Uh, but they had a couple injuries during the game. Uh, but Nick, who do you got in this one? This is a tough one, honestly, because uh, Kansas has definitely um, looked great recently. Uh, Kentucky has uh, shown signs of, you know, their highs and show signs of their lows. Um, I think, like you said, they, they just took a heartbreaking loss, um, you know, which is always a very big motivator. And I think if they were the home team in this one, I'd have to go with them, but I, I'm going to go with, with Kansas. They got, they're the home team. They're looking good. Uh, they're sitting at number five and looking to um, obviously get up higher in that list. So I'm going to go with Kansas. Uh, again, I'm going to agree with you. Um, I mean, Kentucky is always a, a top-tier program. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Kansas is, is just a step above them right now, I would say. Uh, and, and they're going into that field house, Allen Fieldhouse, uh, which is just always an insane environment. And you, you know it's just going to be another notch up this week with Kentucky coming in. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take Kansas as well. Uh, our last top 25 matchup of the week uh, comes to us Sunday afternoon. Oh, we have number 16, Ohio State, at number 6, Purdue. Uh, two teams that have been really hot at times this year uh, and also gone on uh, had a few tough losses. Um, Nick, who do you got? Yeah, so when I first seen this game on the schedule, uh, my initial pick was Ohio State, um, just because this seemed like the kind of game that Ohio State dwells on. Um, the two teams have different playing styles um, to an extent, but you know, Big Ten teams done. Or, is Purdue a Big Ten team? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I said it, and it was one of those things that when it came out of my mouth, it didn't sound right. And I was like, and every like sport knowledge information that I ever had in my brain, as soon as it came out of my mouth and it sounded weird, just left, just gone. And I was like, I don't, maybe they're big 12. I don't know. Like, so brain fart there nonetheless, but, um, two big 10 teams, uh, like I said, uh, Purdue, I, I think that their big man, not, I think their big men are really the reason that, that they're succeeding this season. Um, they're the reason they're winning games when they're struggling is when the team is struggling as a whole, uh, Ohio state obviously likes to have, you know, that, that fast paced up and down the court. Um, but I think, I think that this is a game that Purdue's big men is going to give Ohio state trouble. Um, and I think Purdue is going to take this one. Um, again, I'm, I'm, you know what, just to be contradictory at this point, I'm going to take Ohio state. Um, Somebody's got to do it. I mean, I feel like this is, is, is a very hard game to pick. Um, just because, like I said earlier, both teams are either they're really hot or they're really cold. Um, and you know what? I, I think at this point, Ohio State needs to start building a, a lot of big wins under their belt if, if they want to make that push towards the regular season champion in the Big Ten. Um, obviously, I think they're getting – I mean, you're ranked number 16 now. I think they would have to lose every single game the rest of the year to not make it the tournament but um if they're going to prove that they're going to be any kind of contender come march uh these are the games they need to win uh and, and start stacking them up so uh, yeah i'm going to take ohio state on the road Not um so yeah that wraps up our college basketball um now 
a sport that we don't get to talk about enough, um, or a style of sport, is racing. Uh, and it's starting to pick up now. Um, the first big event of the year is happening this weekend, and Nick is going to tell us all about it. Yes, sir. Uh, so we have, and we've previously mentioned this a time or two on the podcast um, as it was coming closer and closer, but the Rolex 24 is going on this weekend. That is 24 straight hours of racing. Um, it starts Saturday at 1.30. It is in Daytona, Florida. And awkwardly, it's supposed to be like 20-some degrees down there. Um, so, I don't know. I can't say nothing because it was like 14 when I walked out. Actually, I don't even think it was 14 when I walked out of my house this morning. But nonetheless, uh, so if you're not familiar with the Rolex 24, it is 61 cars totaling 244 drivers that will drive a total of 833 laps around the track, equaling 2,945.48 miles. Um, which if you can't just imagine that in your head, like, you know, anybody else can't, uh, that would be the equivalent of driving from Daytona Beach, Florida, the entire way across the country to Los Angeles, then up the coast to San Francisco and ending roughly uh, in Santa Rosa, California. Obviously, a very far drive. Um, so, you know, those those drivers will take shifts. Obviously, one person driving for 24 hours, one isn't probable, isn't necessarily probable. Two, it's unsafe as hell. <laughs> and three, they would smell like absolute shit by the time they got out of the car. Um, but nonetheless, uh, there will be fireworks on Saturday night at 10 p.m. during the race, uh, which I think is awesome. Um, and that will be over Lake Lloyd, which is the infield lake in Daytona at 10 p.m. on Saturday night. Um, so definitely, uh, if you find yourself Saturday after 1.30 or Sunday morning before the football game start, not knowing what to do, sitting down in front of the TV, definitely if it if you you know if you get the the broadcast for it, turn it on, check it out. Um, definitely uh, an exciting weekend, especially for race fans, getting everything started back up. Um, the first time hearing those engines warm up and watching them go around the track, knowing that, you know, the rest of the season is getting ready to come is definitely exciting. Gets the heart going a little bit. Um, and speaking of getting the heart going, something that... Well, just, just real quick, I will, I will also... Oh, attempting, go, ahead, go ahead. I will also I be attempting to, to live bomb tweet... transition, but... I'm sorry, but I just, yeah. I'm going to attempt to live tweet the, the Rolex 24. I don't know how well that's going to go, but we're going to try it. We're going to give it a shot. He's going to give it a shot, and quite honestly, that's all you can do. Is what it is. Yeah. But I'm gonna drink plenty of Red Bulls to get my heart racing. Ooh, there you go. See, yeah. see, he's got it. Speaking of heart racing, I'll try it again. Yeah, uh, something that has been getting my heart racing a lot recently, um, whether it's playing it with George or watching it. We have some stuff to discuss over in the NHL world, and George is going to do the honors. All right. So uh, as we've done the last few weeks, uh, we're, we're continuing to educate Nick on the game of hockey. Um, so we're going to get to that in just a minute. But um, first, we want to give you guys some updates in the standings. Um, so, Nick, I don't know if I have explained this to you or to the listeners at home that are trying to learn about hockey. Um, so the way the NHL playoffs work um, is there is four divisions, um, two in the east, two in the west. Um, each division gets... Three, the top three teams in each division automatically go to the playoffs. 
Um, then both the East and the West get two uh, wild card spots on top of that. Um, so the way we're going to do the, the standing updates from now on the rest of the year is uh, I'm going to give you the top three in each, uh, who the two current wild card teams are, and who is in the hunt um, to possibly get into the wild card or, and so on. So starting off in the East, um, we have the Metro Division. Uh, the Rangers lead the way right now with 60 points. Uh, Pittsburgh has jumped up to second with 59 points. Uh, and Carolina is in third with 58 points. In the Atlantic, uh, Florida has 63 points. Um, they're also currently tied for the President's Cup uh, lead. Um, Tampa Bay has 61 points, and Toronto has 55 points. Uh, the wild card spots right now are occupied by Washington with 55 points and Boston with 51 um, teams that are in the hunt, uh, with, so we're, we're getting close to the halfway point of the season. Um, and these teams, the closest one is nine points, but, um, uh, I mean, anything can happen in this sport, especially with so much time they go in the season. Um, but in the hunt, we have Detroit with 42 points, Columbus with 37 and New York Islanders with 36, uh, over to the West, um, conference, the Western conference, uh, the Central Division, Colorado leads with 63, uh, tied with the Florida Panthers for the President's Cup lead at the point. Uh, Nashville is in second with 57 points. St. Louis is in third with 55 points. In the Pacific Division, Vegas leads with 53, Anaheim has 50, and the Los Angeles Kings have 48 points. The wild card spots right now are occupied by Minnesota with 53 points and Calgary with 46 points. Teams that are in the hunt, uh, Dallas has 46 points, San Jose has 46, Edmonton has 42, and Winnipeg and Vancouver each have 41 points. Uh, so that catches you guys up on the standings. Um, like I said, we're, we're just now hitting the halfway point of the season, uh, so a lot more hockey to be played. Um, it's going to be very entertaining going forward. So um, for our educational period today, uh, we're, we're going to go over a lot of the rules. Uh, and, and penalties and things like that. Um, so Nick was asking me about this. He thought he had it figured out, but unfortunately he did not. So yeah. the, the first one we're going to talk about is icing. Um, that's what the probably the most common whistle you will hear when you're watching a hockey game um, is, is for the stoppage and play is icing or if a goalie freezes the puck. Um, two separate things, ironically. Um, but <laughs> uh, so... Freezing the puck is when you take a shot on goal, the goalie can just trap it, hold on to it. Um, they do that a lot of the times when there's heavy pressure on them. Uh, they just want to get a break, uh, kind of calm things down for a second, catch the breath. Um, they can do that any time the puck is given to them, just trap it, they hold it. Uh, breath blows a whistle, they go to the face-off circle, and off they go. So icing. Okay, so hold on. Okay, go ahead. Just because I know this won't take that long. Is there a rhyme or reason to which um, face-off circle that they go to? Yes. Yeah. Um, oh. Okay. So, <laughs> if if you will, imagine a, a, an oval hockey rink in your mind, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, you have your midline. Mm -hmm. uh, you have your two blue lines. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you have your goal line. So, mm -hmm. in the offensive zone, um, so in each zone between the blue lines and the goal lines, there's going to be two circles. Um, so say a goalie uh, freezes the puck, um, whichever side he's leaned more towards, um, okay, 
they'll use whichever circle is closer to that. Um, gotcha. Now they also use those circles for icing, uh, or if the puck goes out of play, um, when a team's in the like, say you're down in the offensive zone, you're trying to take a sh- couple shots, and one ricochets off the post, and and leaves the rink, they're gonna freeze it, and you're just gonna do um, a face off from whichever circle was closest when you took that shot. Um, the four dots, or well, there's five dots in the middle. The middle dot is you know the the center face off dot. That's after goals, yeah. start of the period, things like that. Um, penalties too, I believe. Um, nonetheless, uh, so then there's four other dots, uh, just inside the blue line in between the midline. Um, those are used for offsides. Um, actually, I think those are used for penalties. Um, but yeah, so there's those get used for those. Uh, and then yeah, the the middle dot is used for period starts, um, after goals, things like that. You good? Got that? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, picking up what you're putting down. Okay. So icing. Um, now you have to be either even strength or on the power play for this to happen. Um, okay. if you're on the if you're on the penalty kill, you can dump the puck from wherever you're at and, and on on the ice doesn't matter. You do that to clear it. That's when you get your line changes in and stuff. When you you know you're on the PK uh, stuff like that. Um, but if you're at even strength or you're on the power play, if you're on the defensive side of the midline, so you're skating one direction, you know to go to go shoot on on net. If you did not cross the midline yet and you dump the puck in, um, so that means you you throw it in. If it goes past everybody else without being touched and it crosses the goal line. Um, so you think the, the goal line stretches the whole way across the ring. Mm-hmm. It goes past that line without being touched. And if the first person to touch it is a defensive player, or it can even be called if a ref, like, so say you, you go to dump the puck in and you think your teammate can get there first, so that's why you do it. Um, say he trips and falls or whatever, but he gets back up and the defender has like a step on him. If the refs think that the defender will get there first. They can just blow it dead right away. Um, so what happens with icing is you go back to your defensive zone for the faceoff. Um, if your team committed the icing, you cannot change your lines. Um, so icing happens a lot. Like So there's there's a, a style of offense that's called dump and chase. Um, so like teams dump in, and then they try and chase the puck in, and then they, that's how they create their pressure. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and that you happens. said, I, I just want to double check something. You yeah. said midline, right? So it's not, it it would be yeah. the exact midline, not the not the middle zone. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just want to if, make sure. if you're on your side of that midline and you you dump that puck in, that's when a, the icing is called. Um, you'll see the goalie hold up his hand. Um, that's he's calling for icing. Um, it it is kind of it, it's also a confusing role at times, but I hope that helped <laughs> explain it. Some. No, I did. I'm I'm definitely with you now for yeah. sure. Uh, so we're gonna move, so we're gonna talk about the offsides. Um, and offsides is a very tricky rule. Um, it definitely is probably the most reviewed rule because offsides can oftentimes lead to a lot of goals. Um, so for the offsides, the first thing into the offensive zone has to be the puck. The the puck has to be the first thing to cross the blue line. Okay. Um, so you can't stand on the like the other team's side of the blue line and then wait for the puck to come to you. 
Like, you can't... It prevents cherry-picking, basically. Like, if yeah. this rule didn't exist, you could just stand in front of the goalie, let, like, the other teams go down to the other end and say, hey, if you get the puck, throw it down here to me, and, you know, I have a one-on-one against the goalie. Yeah, similar um, to soccer. Yeah, exactly. Um, Except with soccer, you know, the line moves, you can't be behind a defender, whatever. Yeah. So, here we have, like, defined lines. Um, Now, you can have, say, a skate on the other side, but you need to be touching the blue line. Um, okay. so, so it's almost like tag, like you can be standing in there, but as long as you have like, say a toe, um, touching that line, you can essentially be in the zone first. Um, but that puck needs to be across the blue line before you pick your foot up and you can continue skating. Um, you'll see a lot of the times, like if somebody tries to stretch pass and a guy's right on the blue line, he will drag that foot like super long just to make sure he's good. Um, because the last thing you want is, uh, and because unless the ref like notices it right away, he'll let the play go on. Um, if it's like really borderline and he he can't tell, he'll let the play go on. If a goal happens, the other team can challenge it. They review it, say, "Hey, was he onside?" Whatever. Um, so, very interesting rule. But I mean, it, it does does help a lot. That just it, gave me another question, but I don't know. If yeah, I'm go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> um, is there limits on challenges? I don't believe so. Um, I'm I mean, sure it probably that, doesn't you can, happen as often yeah, in hockey. No, it doesn't. And you can only challenge certain things. Um, and a lot of the times, the the like the booth will beat you to it. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, th- there's. I don't. Be- I mean, I might be wrong too, but I don't believe there's any limit on you know what you or how many challenges you can make. Because if you notice a guy's off sides, and so say it's like that fifty fifty play. And you challenge the first two, and you like you got them wrong, and then say you ran out of challenges. That team can essentially just do the same thing over and over again, and then you know, just get <laughs> yeah. away with it. Um, so yeah, I, I believe there's no limit to that. Uh, so now, uh, next, I want to go over what counts as a goal, because this happened to me yesterday, and I sent you. So I was playing <laughs> NHL, and I swear to God, the puck was in the goddamn goal the whole way. But nonetheless, so what happens? Um, like football, you just need to break the plane with the ball. Um, I believe soccer is the same way uh, as hockey. I'm gonna say um, the ball needs or, or puck needs to be fully. I'm not 100% sure about that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Nonetheless, but, but at least in hockey, you the the puck needs to be fully across the line. Like if a, a goalie puts the like stops the puck, and there is an even an eighth of an inch left that did not get over that blue line, that does not count as a goal. Um, and uh, Need complete white around it. Yes, exactly. Um, so this, not that it's a controversial rule, but there's been a lot of times in the league when um, people have argued it was fully crossed or it wasn't. Uh, Pittsburgh and Washington played in the playoffs a couple years ago, and they had one of these. You could clearly tell, like, there was red around the puck, and they counted as goal. It was bullshit. Um, yeah, but moving on, uh, we're going to get into some penalties now. Um, so the two obvious ones, uh, the one that you know the most now from playing NHL, uh, <laughs> is tripping. So tripping is anytime you, you take your stick, um, and you put it in between the opponent's legs, causing them to trip. Uh, slashing is when you pick up your stick and you basically just hack somebody over the arm. Uh, this happens a lot when you're trying to do a stick lift. Uh, you miss the stick and you catch the guy. Um, 
I will say slashing is, is the, the one penalty where you see a lot of acting going on. Uh, it's kind of funny to <laughs> I'm watch. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, next up, you have roughing. Um, so, say I'm just standing there, like, just waiting for a puck to come to me. I'm waiting for a pass. And you come up and you just, like, start decking me. Um, you're going to get called for roughing. Um, boarding is another one. Um, if I go for a puck that's along the boards and you come flying in behind me and you just check me into the boards as hard as you can. Um, with, with like, if you come in and you're trying to, like, hit me, like, and this, this one gets, I would say there's a gray area in this one. Because you come up and you lightly tap me, like, trying to get the puck away from me. That's one thing. But if you come in flying at full speed and you deck me into the boards, you're going to get called for boarding. Uh, boarding, I believe... Um, can be a minor, but more times than not, it's often a game misconduct. Um, another one is interference. Um, so again, if if I'm waiting for a puck, and you come up and you block me, you prevent me from being able to receive the puck. Uh, or you like if you are on offense, you're skating down, and I am trying to catch up to you, and your teammate comes up and decks me, so I can't catch you. That's interference. Um. There was another one I just thought of. Uh, shot interference or something? Yeah, well, inter- interference. The name of yeah. It. interference. Okay, is- I didn't know if it was all. Yeah. Um, then there's goaltender interference. Um, so if That's you- the one I was thinking of. Yeah. I got that one in jail the other day. Um, I was I was mad. I made the shot. <laughs> so <laughs> no, my my teammate made the shot, and I'm sitting there like running into the goalie. I think I was telling you about that because yeah. I forget that like after I shoot, I need to run away from the goalie, and yeah. I'm like got my balls in his face and my teammate makes the shot but it got taken away um so this was a huge one i want to say it was 99 or 2000 um but the sabers were in the uh, stanley cup finals um and i believe it was game seven game seven or game six but um i think they were playing dallas dallas so you're not allowed to stand that that blue area around the goalie nobody is allowed in except for the goalie um, mm-hmm. And so, this guy clearly had his foot like in the blue paint, and he shot the puck on a rebound, and it went in. Um, and they reviewed it, and they said it wasn't goaltender interference and all this other stuff. So, yeah, the, the rule basically is that you you know you can't touch set foot in that in that blue blue paint, um, and then you also can't imp- like impede the goalie, so you you can't hit him, um, and you know like. That came out of the way so that your guy has a free shot at the net. That's goaltender interference. Um, Sean Avery probably has the greatest clip. Uh, he had a big rivalry with Martin Brodeur, uh, who was a Jersey um, goaltender for the longest time. But uh, Avery played for the Rangers, so it was, it was already a rivalry game. And Avery just stood in front of Brodeur, just waving his stick like in the air, um, like not even facing like his teammate behind him, he was facing Bredor, <laughs> just dancing in front of him, waving a stick. Um, and so, yeah, now they made a rule that you can't do that. <laughs> um, Fair. It's, it was, it's, it's hysterical to watch. And when he gets interviewed about it, like he, he doesn't shy away from how much he hates Bredor. Um And so Bredor got caught in an affair. And so he made fun of him for that. Um, <laughs> the, the man was ruthless. And it, it, if you watch his interviews, it's, it's very funny to watch. Um, yeah, so that that covers most of the penalties. I know I'm missing a few, but I, I think that's I feel like that's enough for today. The main ones, at least. Yeah. Um, 
the most common ones, I would say. Yeah. Uh, there, I mean, there's also fighting. Fighting is a penalty. Um, Stupid, by the way. How are you going to allow me to fight and then penalize me for it? Yeah. But, uh, so we'll, we'll break down. And you uh, don't even, like, you don't even get a benefit other than, like, getting your team wound up yeah. if you win or lose. So, so the greatest example, my favorite example of fighting, um, it was the 2009 playoffs. So the year that the, the Penguins went on to win the Cup. The very first round, they were playing the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, the Flyers were up, I want to say, 3-1 in this series. And um, maybe it was even 3 nothing. But anyway, uh, they were up in the game, too. And this was, like, mid-third period. And Maxine Talbot, one of my favorite Pens players of all time, uh, he never played for the team for long. But because of what I'm getting ready to tell you, he instantly became one of my favorite players. Um, a role player wasn't like a like a huge goal scorer. He definitely was on level with like Crosby and stuff like that. He was like a third yeah. third liner, second liner. Um, but uh, he kept saying to the guys like in the game, he's like, "Yo, we got to do something to like get get some energy going, things like that." Um, and like I said, I believe it was third period, maybe second, but the Penguins were losing. Um, and he started a fight with like the biggest dude on the Flyers, and he got his ass beat. Like, it wasn't even close. Like, he got a couple punches in, but other than, he just got ragdolled. And this man stands up, and he's skating to the penalty box or whatever, and the fans are, like, booing him and stuff. And he turns to the crowd and shushes them. In Philadelphia, the, the, one, <laughs> the one place I would not have the balls to do this. Like, I mean, even Boston, no. I feel like I would Philly be like. fans are ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Shushes the crowd. I mean, there's a, a famous photo of him skating away, and I want a poster of it so bad. But, uh. Penguins go on to win that game. They come back and win that game. They come back and win the series, and then they go on to win the cup. Um, just and I mean, like all the teams, are like well, shit. I mean, if he's doing that to get us going, like we need to get going. And um, so yeah, the greatest example of of how losing a fight helped a team. But uh, crazy. Uh, since you mentioned it, it, yeah. Does there have to be a hit in order for a fight to start, or can you just be like, you know what, I want to fight this guy? Oh yeah, no, yeah. I mean. No, I mean, you have to, like, if I drop my gloves and I just, like, try to get a guy and he doesn't want to go, then that's just a penalty yeah. on me. But, yeah, um, he's got to yeah. want to fight, understandably. But. I mean, a lot of times when line fights happen, it's, like, two guys looking at each other like, hey, you want to go? And they're like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and they literally just drop gloves. <laughs> you know what? I could go for a Dorney Brook. Yeah. My fa- I, I know it was Vancouver. I forget who they were playing, though. It might have been Winnipeg. It was another Canada team. And to start the game, uh, the entire line fought. Yes, is, sir. That is, yeah. yeah. Uh, Honestly, Pittsburgh I, and I don't play yeah. hockey, or a good thing I don't play hockey. <laughs> Pittsburgh and the Islanders did it one time. Um, Pittsburgh was getting blown out, and they just got sick of it, and they just they had a huge line brawl. Um, there's been a few other instances, but those are the two big ones I remember off the top of my head. Um. Yeah, there there's something to see because like you can't just watch one fight at a time. Like you're just looking around at like who's fighting who. And it's it's very very fun to watch. Um but so what we'll, we'll very bl- like I wish you could like I wish you could give them time to like take their skates off or something. <laughs> it would make them so much more. You know what I mean? Like cuz yeah. they're sitting there like they're grabbing each other but they're basically holding themselves up like yeah. trying to get punches in. It would be great if you like I mean, it's still slippery out there on the ice. Just let them take their skates off. They'll still slide around. Well, I guess yeah. their socks might stick, especially. They, they have five minutes. Know, to just put, keep the skates on. Yeah, they have five minutes to put them back on. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll break down the, the, the penalty times. Um, so a minor penalty is, is two minutes. 
Um, now with a minor, if you if the team on the PK or sorry, if the team on the power play scores, the penalty stops. Um, guy comes out of the box, they back they go back to full strength. Um, double minor, if they score, um, so double minor is obviously double a minor penalty, so it's gonna be four minutes in the box. Um, so if they score before two minutes, I believe it just takes the clock down to two minutes, and then they still have a two-minute power play. Um, and if they score with it under two minutes, obviously the power play is over. Uh, now a major a major penalty is five minutes, um, and you, I believe you can't kill that one off. Um, so if the other team scores, like the the clock is still going. Um, majors a fight is always a major. Fight is always five minutes. Um, Normally, majors are not given out that much unless it's like a super egregious. Like, um, I don't know if you ever seen the movie Goon, uh, when the one dude takes his stick and just like almost decapitates the guy. Like, that's gonna be a game misconduct. But like, if if it wasn't a game misconduct, that would be a major. Like malicious. Like, uh, if was yeah, it flagrant two or whichever like flagrant foul is like the most severe. Flagrant... I can't remember. If it's one or two. One, I think. Um. I think it's so kind can, of backwards. I think two is less severe. One yeah, so I would compare a flagrant two to a major. Because a flagrant one, you get ejected. That's a game misconduct. Flagrant two, I would consider a, a, like closest to the major. Um, speaking of game misconduct, so uh, if you commit a game misconduct, you automatically get ejected. Um, and then it's a two-minute power play, but even if like the team on the power play scores, the time doesn't stop. So you could... You you have a full two minute power play, um, and so yeah that covers all of them. And then for goalies, so if a goalie commits a penalty, he doesn't go to the box. Um, they send a player. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. They send a player from the bench to the box. Um, I mean same thing for game Probably misconduct. They can't even fit in the box. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so game misconduct, you get ejected. They send just another guy off the bench into the box. Uh, for the the duration of the power play. Same thing for goalie penalties. They send another guy to the box, which is kind of funny because, like, if, if I'm a goalie, I'm just like, I mean, obviously it would hurt you because you have to sit there and defend against the power play for God knows yeah, how long. But, but just, I would just keep tripping people. No like, consequences. Yeah. yeah. It. Like, what are you going to do to me? Nothing. That's what I thought. Um, One of your teammates is like, dude, you need to make, you need to play better. You're playing like shit. You're like giving them too many goals. <laughs> Trip. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Who do you want to... That guy, right there. Put him in the box. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, like, uh, and fighting, uh, you need to watch the highlights of goalie fights because goalie fights are hilarious. Um, oh, God. If they I don't take everything off, like, during the fight, like, the two guys just rip everything off of each other while they're just beating the shit out of each other. It's hilarious. <laughs> but a lot of times... So, like, like they, is it... Do the two goalies fight? Like, both yeah. the people in the fight are goalies? Yes, yeah. sir. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, like, Get the big but, like a lot of the time, what they'll do... Is they'll take their helmet and like their their shoulder pads off, so they skate up the ice with like nothing protecting their chest and everything, and just start swinging on each other. And it's it's great to watch. Um, I'm gonna have to look it up. And then lastly, we'll, we'll we'll talk about a penalty shot and how you get awarded one. Hold on, uh, before you get there, so so like what grounds? What grounds? The two goalies look across the ice and they're like, "You want to fight?" A lot of the time, like, like most often when it happens, like it's two people that have had beef for a while. Um. My favorite one, I believe it was Patrick Roy, uh, R-O-Y. He's Canadian, so he pronounces it weird. Um, but I forget. I believe he was playing 
for Colorado. Um, and Colorado, you used to have a really big rivalry with Detroit. And I I've, I've, want to say it was when they were playing each other. And the two of them, like, there was a fight already going on. It might have even been a line brawl. Like, these two played in the playoffs. It was either 2000 or 2001. And it was, like, the peak of the rivalry. Um, and uh, there's a really good 30 for 30 on it. It's called Blood on the Ice. Um, it talks about, like, that rivalry and how intense it got. Um, definitely go watch that. But I believe it was one of the games they were playing each other. And there was, like, a line brawl already going on. And they almost looked at each other from across the ice. And they just, like, threw everything off and they just went at it. Um, yes, sir. I feel like if the rest of your team's fighting, you're basically obligated to Yeah, more times than not, that's what happens. Like, there's, like, a couple brawls already going on. And the two goalers are like, yeah. I already hate Look you. Look at so, each other. Yeah, we might little as well. shrug of the shoulders. Like, yeah. Rip the helmet off. So, yeah. Uh, lastly, we'll, we'll go over penalty shots. Um, so, a penalty shot is awarded when the, uh, so the attacking player is in the neutral zone or attacking zone. Uh, and is he has, he has a clear breakaway. Like, um, he got behind the defense. He's all alone. Uh, if a defender comes up and impedes him in any way, um, it trips him, slashes him, whatever. And a lot this will happen a lot because, um, you know, you're, you're just trying to save a goal and you end up tripping him, whatever. Um so you get the penalty, but then you also get awarded a penalty shot. Uh, so penalty shot is basically a shootout shot. So you, you skate from mid-ice. It's you and just the goalie one-on-one, um, and you get one shot at it. Um, and real quick, I'll go, so with shootouts and the penalty shots, you have to be moving forward at all times. So you can skate left to right. It doesn't matter. You, but you have but to you be moving like forward. you can't spin around. And right. Uh, you, gotcha. you, can't, you can't turn around or anything like that. Now, you can skate in backwards and then, like, turn and face the goalie. That's different. But you can't, like, get a foot away from the goalie and then turn around and try to go the other way. You can't collect a rebound. You get one shot, uh, and that's it. Um, so, you good? you understand all that? Yeah, like that? I believe so. Okay. Well, we'll have more for you next week. Yes, sir. I, I can't wait. And, and we, don't have it, we don't have it on the itinerary here, but um, I personally am actually very excited because tonight, my favorite team and Georgia's favorite team actually play. So we debated a little bit. Well, at least I mentioned the idea. It wasn't much of a debate. Then we decided yeah. it really wasn't that good of an idea because we're both old and go to bed early. But <laughs> um, we, we we thought about possibly I streaming. We should at least – I think we, we were at least going to live tweet it. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Well, well there, there will definitely be some live tweets for sure. And it will kind of be funny because it will look like we're basically talking shit to ourselves. Well, at least if we're using the sports – the sports Twitter will look like we're talking just to ourselves, but we'll make sure to get someone in on the on the personal Twitters too. Yeah. But it should definitely be be fun. So definitely tune into the Twitter uh seven PM tonight on Thursday night, whatever the date is. I wanna say it's the twenty seventh. Yes, the twenty seventh. Tune in. Happy tune birthday in to my sister Jen. Oh, happy birthday, Jen. Uh yeah. So I think that just about wraps up our show for tonight. I um, believe so, buddy. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you do the outro too. You do the intro. You do the outro. All right, whatever. Yeah, I'll, whatever. I thought you were gonna take it, so I wasn't gonna say nothing. But uh, no, uh, definitely. Like we said, tune into the Twitter tonight. Um, check it out, or if you happen to be listening to this after that game happens, I mean, whatever. Don't tune into the Twitter then. Um, well, still tune into the Twitter for sure, but you just won't see us live tweeting the game. Um, but no, check out all the social medias, not just the Twitter, uh, the TikTok. The I don't think we have a Facebook page. 
And I don't think we use Instagram because neither one of us actually use Instagram in it anyway. Um, but nonetheless, def- definitely at least the Twitter. Uh, again, we're still working on um, the TikTok. Neither one of us are very good at editing videos. Uh, we're still in the learning curve as far as all that goes. Um, but nonetheless, we're hiring. It's in the works. If any of you want to come work for us, we're hiring. Yeah, we are hiring. If somebody knows how to edit videos, by all means, um, because our tick like. We we understand that TikTok is something that everybody, well, not everybody, but it's a large majority right of now. people and, use. Yeah, and we would like to be able to put good content out on there. Just unfortunately, neither one of us have any idea what we're doing. Um, so if you happen to hear this and you know how to edit a video and you like sports, by all means, uh, shoot us a DM or something. But nonetheless, um, we are we're in talks right now. I'm I'm not sure to what extent that it's going to be, um, but we're looking at the possibility of um sort of uh i guess you could call it a week like rebrand um we're still gonna the name is still gonna be jack wagon sports nothing like that is gonna change um but we kind of want everything to be um more uniform and um i don't even know how to describe it but so look forward to that um could be some big changes coming up uh, we haven't really got too deep into it yet but um the end goal is obviously to make everything better uh for you guys so keep an eye out show us some love um and we will see you on tuesday yeah we'll be back tuesday a lot of fun stuff going on this weekend um so yeah excited for that and excited to talk to you guys on tuesday about everything that happened so we look forward to seeing you then other than that have a great weekend stay safe and uh i don't know what else to say i don't know um don't die i guess that would be bad. Yeah. Raise hell, praise Dale. See y'all. Raise hell, praise Dale. Uh, at, at, by any means. Who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging. They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon.